Mike, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, over the next few weeks, we are talking about tough questions that people ask about Christianity. Today, in particular, we are answering a question that is asked a lot. How could a good God allow so much suffering? Maybe you've wondered that, or maybe you've had somebody else ask you that question. Either way, hopefully this gives you good insight and an answer. So let's get started. episode of Root Like Faith, we are discussing tough questions people ask. And this week, it's our very first question that we're answering. And, and it's hard to understand whether you are a Christian or not. How could a good God allow so much suffering? And I'd say, honey, don't you agree? This is probably one of the most commonly asked questions. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I know we were talking in, in that first episode of this, you know, kind of mini series, just how, you know, in ministry, as you're getting involved in people's lives, you know, even as Christians, like there are just some tough questions that we wrestle with. And, and, you know, doubt, um, you know, is not always a bad thing that doubt can mm. lead to despair or doubt can lead to greater devotion. Mm. And so I think it's so important, you know, just to wrestle with these questions and to be honest. And so even if somebody's not a Christian, um, it doesn't mean you don't still have questions. And so there are just right. so many, uh, Christians, you know, followers of Jesus, that wrestle, you know, with these types of questions. And this one in particular, I think you're exactly right, is probably one, you know, I think about the last, you know, 20 years of ministry is probably one that is, um, you know, asked most commonly. Yeah, and I think being in ministry for this long, we have had to walk through others' pain a lot, like very closely (laughs) to people through their pain, and we've seen a lot. And I think that the reason this question is, is so important to talk about and answer is because, Sometimes in the middle of suffering and pain, it just, it doesn't make sense. You know, you wonder why, why God, why did that happen? And that reminds me of a boy that we knew years ago who was in junior high. Um, His family attended our church and he passed away from cancer. And it it just, it, it was like, that seemed pointless. Yeah, I think I, I think honestly that may have been the very first funeral that I ever, mm, yeah, you know, did. And so I think back. I mean, that was yeah, that was probably in our first, you know, definitely the first three or four years of ministry, and and that was the very first funeral I remember doing. And and so I think it's a good reminder. I know I shared in the last episode about the friend of mine that I worked with when when we were going to Moody while we were living in Chicago who had lost a brother. And how he had come over and we were watching a football game and, and he was essentially asking this very question and how I was so quick uh, to want to answer the question. Mm. And I totally missed that this wasn't just a philosophical question for him. This was a deeply personal question. And so I think, you know, as we start talking about this and, you know, is, is you know, listeners, they, they um, maybe have this question themselves or as they have family members or friends that will ask this question at different times. I think that's just a really important thing to keep in mind that, you know, every question that somebody asks is, is coming from somebody's experience. Yeah, that's And so a really I, good point. I think this one in particular, we just need to be really careful of like, this isn't just about us defending uh, what we believe or making an argument, but like just remembering to be especially gracious and patient and humble and sensitive with people who are asking this question, because usually 
this question is not just being asked by a skeptic, but it's it's being asked by somebody who, you know, has experienced deep hurt right, uh, okay. in some kind of tragedy. And so it's a deeply personal, not just a philosophical question many times. Yeah, that's such a good reminder. Um, we just have no idea what people have been through. And that's we always, always need to keep that in mind. Well, in our book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, um, we talk about the myths um, that we believe about suffering. And I think this will help us really understand how to answer this question. So let's talk about those myths a little bit here, honey. Yeah, I mean, before we um, highlight a couple of those you know, I was just going to say really quickly too that really, oftentimes, why are you why are you smiling at me, honey? <laughs> honey, <laughs> because I'm adding to the notes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I have a lot to say, honey, and I know we have limited time. I'm trying time. to move us along. Well, I am moving along. <laughs> Anyways, um, so but before we get to those, because um, you're right, we want to talk. about I think those are just really helpful things to mm-hmm. to talk through and understand and, and keep in mind. But one other uh, one other quick thing, I think it's really important for us is I think sometimes this argument, which in a nutshell, the argument is, you know, goes like this. If God is all powerful and all loving, you know, how can he allow so much pain, evil and suffering in the world? I mean, in a mm, nutshell, that, yeah. that's what people are asking. And I think oftentimes, you know, we, we need to remember that this is not just a question that Christians have to answer. It's really a question that non-Christians have to answer. And yeah. what I mean by that is that, that if you are not a follower of Jesus, if you don't believe in God, if you are, you know, maybe agnostic, you're not sure or you're, you're, um, you're an atheist, you don't believe that there is a God, then you really still have to wrestle with why pain and suffering mm. and tragedy hurts you, why you well, know true. that it just doesn't feel right. And so mm-hmm. I think in many ways, um, well, not in many, I, I think that, that the Christian perspective, even though it doesn't answer everything, it has more answers than an atheistic answer to that. Mm. And so I think that if you take God out of the equation, you're still left to go, well, why does, why does cancer for a 13 year old hurts? I mean, if we're just the product of millions of years of an evolutionary process, if there is no God, if it's really survival of the fittest, why does it matter? So then why does it matter? Why do I care? Why, why does that? Mm-hmm. And I think the bottom line is that we know that's not true. I mean, our hearts tell us that that is, that there's more to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why the Christian worldview, why the scriptures give us more answers to this question about pain and suffering and, and, and a good and, and loving God and a powerful mm. God at the same time. Mm, that's a good and point. so I, I think, you know, you, you talked about, you know, these different myths of, of suffering. And I think that, you know, when you begin to suffer, you, you begin to realize that, yeah, there are some things that maybe I believed about life or about God that aren't entirely true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the gifts of suffering is that it really does open your eyes to see things about God that maybe you, you were believing wrongly or some expectations or a perspective on life that aren't quite biblical or quite true. Mm-hmm. And, and so we do, we talk about that in the book. And so just really quickly, you know, let's talk about those three that I think are, are especially helpful. The, the first one that, you know, that I think is worth noting as people are wrestling with this question and talking to others that are wrestling with the question is, is just that idea that, that suffering is pointless. And I know you were talking about, you know, the young boy that, that uh, passed away from cancer when we were early on in student ministry. Yeah. And that seemed so pointless. And there's so many tragedies, you know, friends who, who've lost, you know, a child or, um, you know, a loved one that passes away or, I mean, you name it. And I think the thing to remember there is just because suffering appears to be pointless doesn't mean that the suffering is actually pointless or mm. without purpose. 
And I think you look at the scriptures, you know, Joseph is the classic example of that in the Old Testament. Yes, yes. You know, um, let me read these verses really quickly, but I mean, I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with that story. Um, but Joseph is, he's, you know, sold into slavery essentially mm-hmm. by his brothers. You know, God had his hand upon him all along. I mean, he's falsely accused. Mm-hmm. He ends up in, in prison. And I mean, his life just was not going right. And eventually he, he finds himself, um, you know, being elevated into a position of, of importance and, and authority and is reunited with his brothers. Yeah. Later and in his I would life. say to the listener who doesn't know the story of Joseph, Get into your Bible and read it because it is, it's an incredible story. Yep. And so I think you get to the end of that story. Genesis chapter 50 verses 19 and 20 is a really critical, um, you know, part of that story where Joseph says, you know, his brothers, they, they, of course, are fearful after that, you know, reunion. They're fearful that he's going to retaliate. Right. And take revenge because of what they did. And, And yet Joseph's perspective on that is like, boy, even though I didn't understand it at the time, I didn't see the point. Mm-hmm. of my own suffering, like God had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so he says in verse 19, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Uh, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Right. Now, Joseph didn't see that purpose or that point in the midst of his suffering. It wasn't mm-hmm. until later in his life that he is able to look back and go, oh, wow, like you were trying to hurt me and harm me. There was jealousy and all sorts of well, things. And, and I think when you read Joseph's story, like I'm like I said, go and read it and read it again, even if you know it. It's interesting to see how much Joseph really wrestles and struggles and suffers through all of that. So it isn't like it was just like, OK, I can do this. You yeah, know what I mean? It's yep. incredible. Absolutely. And so I think I think that perspective you know, as we think about people asking that question of, of just because something seems senseless and tragic, and, and it might be tragic, and um, but just because it doesn't seem like it has a, an obvious point or purpose right now mm-hmm. doesn't mean that, that God is not using it. That's right. And so I think that's one thing to keep in mind is, is we're talking with people where this question is deeply personal for them is is just that reminder that, that God oftentimes reveals that later on. And there's times I'm not sure that we ever see that in this life. And, and it won't be until the next life, until the age to come, until we're in heaven with God, that we uh, see the full picture of what God right. was doing and why we went through what we went through. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's really important as we as we wrestle with that question to keep in mind um, that sometimes we can buy into that, that you know, uh, half-truth, mm-hmm. uh, that myth, that um, you know, the myth of pointless suffering. And then I think the second one that we talk about in the book is just that idea that, that, you know, the myth of comfort and we can easily, especially living where we live in the time that we do. Um, of course we're, you know, not all of our, we literally have listeners that, that are all over the U S and all, different all parts the world, of the world. Yeah. And so we're, we're, you know, uh, speaking from, you know, North America in a Western context that really, I mean, we're very privileged to live mm-hmm. uh, where we live when we, when we do. And so I think it's easy, especially easy, um, because of where we live and in the time and history that we live in, to just think, boy, life is, you know, it, for the most part, it, we, we really have it good. And maybe God is just, I mean, like, we can just kind of believe that idea that it's God's job to just kind of keep us happy, well-fed, and, and healthy. And yet when we look at the scriptures, God is up to something far more than our comfort. Mm. And, and what God is doing in the world um, and what he's doing in our life, what he's accomplishing, what his purposes entail are far bigger than just our own personal comfort. Mm-hmm. And so I think as we wrestle with suffering and with you know God's goodness and his love for us, we have to keep in mind that um, our comfort or lack thereof is not commentary on God's character. 
And I think you see that in a variety of places in the scriptures, you know, Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. You know, Paul says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope or James chapter one, verses two and four, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so again, I think the important thing to keep in mind there is that God is up to far more than just our personal comfort. So when we go through difficult things, it's just remembering, it's having that perspective that that God still loves us, that God is right. still good, that God has a purpose. And and those purposes are much bigger than just our own mm-hmm. personal comfort. As mm-hmm. hard as that is to, to sort of get our mind around sometimes or hard enough to appreciate um, I think that's a really helpful mm-hmm. layer mm-hmm. to remember as mm-hmm. we're wrestling with this tough question. Yeah. And then the last myth I want to talk about um, is the myth of good endings. And wow, sometimes you just, you know, you wonder how you just want every story to have like this happy ending. Right. And I remember um, several years ago, I was speaking at a conference and I told the story in when I was speaking, I was talking about my miscarriages. And some of you have heard me talk about those. And I've had um, five miscarriages. And some of them were as late as 20 weeks. And I never had an answer. And um, the heart just stopped beating. But I remember I had gotten done speaking and I was headed back up to my hotel room and I got to the elevator and this woman came rushing in. She was just trying to catch me really quick. She's like, oh, 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 I just, I have one question for you. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you never finished your story. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sat there for a second. I was a little bit confused, honestly. And then I said, what do you mean? She said, "Well, well, you didn't tell us what happened. You had five miscarriages. What happened? And and I said, well, that was the end of the story. Yeah. And um, that was it. You know, and I, I think she was looking for that good, happy ending. And not that there is, there are a lot of stories that do have right. good, happy endings. Yep. Um, but I think, first of all, in the middle of our pain, it can be hard to see a good future. And whether that ending makes sense or not, and whether it's a good ending, you know, God will take care of us. And so I think... You know, we we have this myth that we believe that everything should just turn out right. And when I'm believing that and it doesn't turn out right in my eyes, that's really in my eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because God has, like we said, a purpose and a plan no matter what happens. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that one in particular, I think it's almost like there's, there's that one's like partially true, right? Mm. And so there, there's... In this life, like I think we all, you know, we can, we can buy in again to that that misunderstanding or that myth that that it always turns out right, right in this life, and it doesn't. There are plenty of times where it does, um, but I think that the truth is is that there is a happy ending. It's just not always in this life. Mm-hmm. It's um, connected to the end of God's story, and and so I think that reminder of that that you know our story doesn't end with us uh, or you know, it ends with God's story. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think keeping that in perspective, which is really what you're talking about, that not all of our stories or all of our pain or our suffering, they they don't all turn out the way we would really want them to in this life. And so we have to anchor our hopes and our our dreams and, and what we're really longing for not in how our story ends, but in how God's story ends. Right, and I, and you know, the interesting thing is, I did realize how 
there was a point after those miscarriages, I had those miscarriages in between having kids. And then I had a couple, um, after my last living child. And I, I would say that God really taught me in that, um, I came to a point where I was like, wow, Lord, the four living children that I have, what a miracle they are. And that's what he taught me through that. Not, you know, of course I wanted more children and of course I did not want to suffer through five miscarriages. Um, but I had to come to a place where the ending that I wanted maybe wasn't what was, you know, wasn't the purpose and wasn't the plan of God. Yeah. And I think, you know, one other, I think, big piece of this is just remembering where we're at in God's story. Mm. And so I think when you think about the Bible, when you think of the overarching theme or the overarching narrative of the Bible, one of the things that that people talk about is that you can easily break down the biblical story in in four parts, you know, between creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. Like that's just a really easy mm. sort of big picture overview of the whole story of the Bible. And so I think remembering, you know, as we wrestle with this question that in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and he created you and I in his image, like it wasn't like suffering was never God's plan and, and suffering is not, not good. And, but it, it, it's a, it, it's a result of the fall. And so you have that first part of the story you know, the first chapter, if you will, the first scene is creation and it is good. And, you know, there is blessing in that. And yet the second chapter, the second scene is that fall where Adam and Eve rebel against God. Mm. They don't just break the rules. They break relationship with God and they don't want to be dependent on him. They want to live lives that are independent of him. And you see the catastrophic, you know, fallout from from that fall. And so we live now in a broken, fallen world where there are thorns and thistles, you know, Mm. in our work. And there's pain and childbearing and there's conflict between you know people and so we we live under the the curse of that that fall and and then that the third part of the third scene is is redemption i mean the the old testament of course tells the story of of god promising that he's going to save us and he you know chooses abraham and his descendants become a great nation and israel was supposed to be a light into all the nations and then you see that that seed of a promise that, that God is going to one day send a faithful Israelite, the mm-hmm. only faithful Israelite, uh, Ju- uh, Jesus, who will come and he will live a life we can't live. And he dies the, he dies the death that we deserve and mm-hmm. he's raised to new life. And by our faith in him, God washes us clean. He forgives us and he gives us new life. He gives us, you know, abundant life, um, a good life of living for him and living with him. But then he also gives us that promise of that final chapter restoration mm-hmm. that there's coming a day when Jesus will return and renew and restore all creation. And so we live in that land in between, if you will. You know, we look back at what Jesus has accomplished for us, how he's redeemed us on the cross um, through his life and his death and his resurrection. But we're also looking forward to the day when he's going to come and restore all things and renew all things. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that. that's what. John is talking about there at the end of the Bible, the very last book, you know, book of Revelation is that promise of Jesus coming and restoring and renewing all things, doing away with death, wiping away every tear. And so I think it's really um, important for us as we're wrestling with that question and as we're helping other people wrestle with that question, that that that's really what every human heart is longing for. Mm. You know, I think even the person that's not a Christian that doesn't believe in God the reality is they're really longing for some kind of savior. They're longing for what Jesus has promised 
that he's going to do. He's going to stop war. He's going to stop suffering. He's going to do away with death. Um, we're not just going to float away on a cloud, but he's going to come and restore creation. And it's going to be what we know only better. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important for us to keep that in mind that when we think about our own suffering and God's goodness and God's love, just remembering where we're at in the biblical narrative, where we're at in the story. And so we still live under the curse of that fall, but we do so with a great promise that one day that curse is going to be lifted. Mm -hmm. And that is a unique hope that Christians have, a unique hope that we can offer somebody who is living in the midst of their pain or their trial or tragedy that, that, that doesn't have to be their end of the end of their story mm-hmm. and that there really is a God who loves them. And for whatever reason there, there is mystery and suffering. Um, but there really is a God who is for them and who loves them and is with them. And that has promised that he's going to come and he's going to stop the, the, the aching of their heart. He's going to wipe away their tears one day and that Jesus you know, comes and saves us and restores us. And, and you're going to see that in its fullness when he returns to the earth one day. Mm, I love this. This has been such a good conversation. And I just want to say, like we were talking about um, in the last episode, remember, as we attempt to answer questions like this, how could a good God allow suffering? As we attempt to answer these questions for others, there's such a delicate balance between truth and love. And honestly, it can be so frustrating when someone doesn't understand something like this, but we will not win them over by arguing. And especially a question like this, like we mentioned, somebody's usually approaching this question because they've experienced great pain. So let's lead with humility and love and meet someone where they are at while gently sharing the truth with them. Suffering is inevitable and the truth is Sometimes it's just not going to make sense. And we speak from a a place of deep suffering, knowing pain like that, but also trusting that we can trust God through it all. So we can graciously point others to the truth that with God, there is actually hope. I loved that you ended with that, honey. That is so good. Um, And in in our brand new book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, one thing um, that we said in there, one small sentence that I think we can used uh, as a takeaway uh, for this episode is that our current reality is not our final reality. And that is so important when we're thinking about suffering, knowing that there is hope. Wow, what a great conversation today. As you know, if you have been joining us every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. It's the main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is God doesn't give us an explanation for all suffering, but he does give the promise that he will one day end all suffering. We'll also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And as if I don't say it enough already, we are thrilled you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. If you enjoyed the show today, please, would you be so kind to leave us a review or rating? It's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith and we are so, so grateful for your help.